Welcome to another episode of Quality Manhood, a show meant for Christian men seeking to understand how to apply God's truth in everyday life. I'm one of your hosts, PJ Burner, along with my co-host, Kellen Allen. What's up, guys? And we're here with Lucas Pace. Lucas, tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm a pastor here at Compass Bible Church. I've been here since 2005. I get the privilege of overseeing our biblical counseling ministry, our discipleship ministry, missions, and a few other things. And so it's a great privilege and pleasure to be here with you guys this morning. Awesome. Well, we're glad to have you. And uh, we're here to talk about something that, again, it's uh, kind of the holiday season in between Thanksgiving and Christmas. We're here to talk about conflict resolution, and we're spending a lot of time with family, and there's a lot of potential for conflict, so we want to talk about the right way to resolve conflict as men, and even to avoid conflict if we can as men. Uh, but let's, let's talk about our, our lives as, as young men before we get into that, and, and whether or not you were a fighter or a flatter. Uh, Kellen, talk to us about your, uh, your role in fights or conflicts when you were younger. I would say I was neither. I was uh, what we would call an intimidator. Um, so I use my size. Uh, right now, I'm six foot seven. And so, you know, as a kid growing it's up, big. I was slightly big. Um, but as a kid growing up, I was the, the bigger kid. And so not, not too many kids messed with me. And so I would use that uh, for intimidation. If, if I thought that there was going to be a conflict, then I would kind of impose my size on people and they would normally back down. Uh, more than likely, I wasn't ready for a fight. So if there was anybody that accepted that challenge, I probably would have been in trouble. But um, I got out of there without anybody accepting it. Did anybody That's mess with wise. you? Uh, no, not really. Um, there, was a, there was a stage where throughout my childhood where I got a little overweight. So I got picked on a little bit. But again, I was still bigger than people. So they would say things, and then I'd be like, you said what? And then they'd run off. And so it cleaned it up pretty quickly. They attack from afar. <laughs> Pastor Lucas, how about you? Were you a fighter or a flatter? I was definitely not a fighter. I did not get in one fight as a kid outside of with my two sisters, older sisters, who uh, picked on me quite a bit. So other than that... In a, in a win against your sisters is really a loss in the end of the day, right? Yeah, there really is no win. Yeah. They, I, they, they just beat up on you. They have nails. They clawed me, left bloody. And so it was, a, it, was a, it was a mess. And yeah. then even if you did win, then you got dad probably coming in and he's going to take care of the, the win that you thought you had. Yeah, there, there, there was no winning in the Pace household. Yeah. Uh, for me, it was, uh, I, I got in two fights. I, I won one and lost one, but I really lost both of them, similar to, to Pastor Lucas in that, because uh, the one I won, I, I pushed a kid down and he ran home crying. And I, I think I was seven. And my dad told me that he could file... Uh, charges with the police department against me for assault, and I spent the rest of the day in my room terrified that I was going to be arrested and thrown in jail. So uh, I'm going to take the L on that one. And the other one, I, I was playing basketball, and before I knew it, I was on my back, and I have no clue what happened. I still have no clue what happened in that, but uh, I lost that one, no doubt about so that. So pushing a kid down counts as a fight. I, 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 hey, look, I was standing. He was not at the end of the day. Okay. Okay. Did, you get, right, right. did you get ejected? <laughs> Victory, all right. I feel like you should have got ejected. Dude, did you get was, ejected? That was, the, that was backyard basketball. That was not in a – there was, there was uh, no, no sanctioned referees. referees okay, okay. All right, so as we're talking, though, about being quality men of God, we want to think about conflict, which is something that's so easy to get into and so often so hard to get out of. And, and we want to be uh, making sure that, that we as men of God are approaching conflict the right way, um, that if we can avoid it, uh, we will, that uh, if we find ourselves in it, we know what we need to do to, uh, to handle ourselves appropriately and biblically. So the first thing I want to talk about is, is what is it that fuels conflicts? 
so as men, I think one of the things that fuels conflict for us is, is just wanting to be right. Uh, and it's the pride factor that we have. And uh, when, I, when I think about it specifically for me, it's like you, you go into a conversation and it's not even listening to the other side. You go in it with the assumption that you know what's right, you know what happened, you have all the answers, uh, and, and you're not going to back down from it. And so you become stubborn in a sense to you don't even hear anybody else. Uh, and it, it causes conflict because the person on the other side has that same conviction about their ability to be right and you haven't heard them out. And so when you have two people just going at it without hearing each other, uh, it, it, it's just never going to end in a, in, a, in a good way. And so as men, uh, it's really you know a situation where we have to take a step back and make sure that we're not being prideful, that we go into it, uh, just being able to hear the other side. But I think we need to take a step back and ask, really, is conflict wrong? Is conflict bad? Is conflict sinful? And I, I don't think it is. I think fighting uh, is bad. We don't want to fight in a wrong way, in a sinful way. But there's nothing wrong with conflict if we ha- handle conflict in a right way, biblical way. And usually what I, I say in biblical counseling, conflict is an opportunity either to glorify yourself or to glorify God. And so it's an opportunity right there, how I handle a disagreement, a conflict with my wife or a coworker, who who do I want to represent? Who do I want to bring glory to? And if my mindset is I want to honor Christ in this, conflict can be a good thing. Yeah, and that's a great point. And, And in fact... Just by nature, the fact that we live in a fallen world, that we are sinners living alongside sinners, conflict is, is inevitable. We're going to encounter conflict. Uh, and, and yet, to, to your point, Pastor Lucas, we need to make sure that we handle that in a way that's, that's glorifying to God. Um, uh, Proverbs 18, I, I love Proverbs 18 when it comes to, to talking about conflict and, and communication. Um, it has so many good uh, just nuggets in there for us to think about. Uh, Kellen, you mentioned just both thinking you're right and not taking time to understand the other person. And, and Proverbs 18.2 says, A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. Um, and certainly that's something that, that can often lead to, to conflict. We're not listening to the other person. We're formulating our answer before they even finish talking, and we just have to be right. And uh, the, the other verse that I love from Proverbs 18.6 is, is probably my favorite one in it. It says, A fool's lips walk into a fight, and his mouth invites a beating. Straight to the point. Yeah, right yeah. there, man. It's it's that desire, and we've all experienced it. You're in a conflict, and you, and you almost want the conflict to continue, right? You want you want that tension because there's something in our flesh that's gratifying uh, to be able to 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 use our words like sword thrust, like the writer of Proverbs also says. Right. Well, it goes back to what you're talking about in the beginning. Is it is it fight or flight? How do we respond to conflict? And really, we don't want to fight and say we need a win, and we're going to use our words to win, and we're going to you know do whatever we can to show how this person is stupid and how our viewpoint is right and this person is wrong. Or some people take the opposite approach and they say, well, I'm just going to leave. I don't want to, I don't want to talk. I don't want to engage. I don't want to see the other side. But really when we engage in conflict the right way, we're going to use our words in the right way. We're not going to speak just out of our mouth without thinking. We want to listen. We want to hear. We want to understand. And we want to come to a biblical viewpoint and to respond to that disagreement in a way that's going to please the Lord. So it's it's how we go into the conflict, the right perspective that is going to help us really respond to conflict in a way that's going to honor Christ. Yeah, and I, I think you brought up one point, and I'll, I'll ask you this question was, what, what if you have a guy out there that, you know, they just don't like conflict? Um, what, what would be your counsel to them if, you know, they want to avoid it at all costs, knowing that it's potentially sweeping things under the rug and not addressing the situation? Like, what would be a, a good way for them to go about it? I'd say as a 
godly man, you have to embrace conflict. There's no way in this world where you are going to avoid conflict. You have to embrace it. It's one of the things that I think about as Christian men. There are a lot of things that we do that we have to do that we feel uncomfortable with, like evangelism. There, there are times where we just feel uncomfortable evangelizing, but we got to be bold and we got to say the right things and the right words at the right time to share Christ. And the same thing with conflict. There are going to be times where we do have to speak up. We got to use our words and they might not be received well, but if we speak with love, we might have to rebuke a brother and we say things that are going to be truthful that might hurt because out of love, out of care and concern for the other person. And so, yeah, if you are one of those people that are are tend to flight and you want to avoid conflict at all costs, I'd say, hey, you got to engage. You got to engage because you care about other people, and sometimes it's going to be with a coworker, sometimes it's going to be with your your children or your wife. But you got to engage in conflict in the right way. Yeah. So, so let's talk about when we we find ourselves in conflict, and let's talk about as men, what do we do when we are the one who's been wronged in conflict? When we are the one who's been offended, uh, where we've been sinned against? How should we handle conflict on that end of the spectrum? Uh, Ephesians 4, 31, 32 says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as Christ forgave you. And when we read that verse, just constantly just, just chewing on that and realizing that there's absolutely nothing out there that we shouldn't forgive others when we know how much Christ has forgiven us. And so constantly thinking about that, praying about it, and uh, thinking about our sin to Christ, knowing that we need to forgive that to other people will be helpful for us. Yeah. Pastor Lucas. Yeah, well, I just thinking conflicts happen, and we have might have been wronged. But at first, it would be helpful to even to think about what someone said to me. Was there any truth in that? Mm. What, what should I learn from that? Uh, because the, the walls go up. Someone said something to me that offends me, that hurts me in some way. And usually it happens in relationships with, with people that we are friends with, our people in our family, that we want to keep these relationships. Usually these conflicts are, are not happening with people that we don't know are not already in a relationship with. And so if whatever is being said, if we can stop and we can not put the walls up and say, even if it was said wrong, what can I learn from that? Is there any truth in this? What does God want to teach me? If there is any truth in what the person said, I, I do want to learn. I want to grow. I want to build on my, my knowledge. And maybe there is sin in my life or something that I said that I need to confess. I need to get right with God. I need to ask for forgiveness from the other person. Usually, we're always looking to how someone has wronged us rather than trying to figure out, maybe, maybe I wronged that person. Maybe I, I need to see things differently and try to get on God's perspective in all of this. And I think one more piece to add on that is, is understanding that the enemy is working here too. So Satan's going to give you every reason to feel like, hey, you should be mad. You should hold a grudge. You shouldn't talk to that person. And all that does is, is it, it hurts that relationship, and it hurts our ability to spiritually grow with that person, to actually you know, build a stronger relationship because we have reconciled, we have gone through some conflict and actually built upon that. Uh, so all of those things, knowing that, yeah, Satan is going to make it so tempting to say, yeah, I, I'm going to stay mad at this person, but we got to fight against that. Yeah, for sure. And and in uh, that humility, which is, I think, really undergirding all of this, and, and PL, what you were talking about too, that humility to say, okay, this isn't primarily about my offense. 
Um, even when we have been wronged, if we're to look at what David said in Psalm 51.4 when he said against you and you only, God, have I sinned, we as the one that have, have been offended need to also remember that, that our primary concern is not that our sense of justice and our sense of, of what's right be satisfied, our wrath be satisfied, but that they're right with, with God ultimately because that is, uh, that's more significant than, than even the earthly relationship being repaired there. Um, but what about those times, and so often I find myself in this arena, especially in conflicts and marriage, uh, where you realize that, that you're the guy that's, that's to blame, that you're at fault, that this conflict has arisen because of something that you did or that you're wrong in this. What should we do uh, when we've realized that we've wronged someone? Because our flesh says, I'm not going to give up. Let's keep the conflict going because maybe I can twist this in some way. It can, can come out in my favor or my benefit here. Well, and the problem with that too is in conflict and when there's a fight and, and sinful interaction, it usually takes two parties. I might be, as the, the man or the husband, have the majority of the blame in that situation, but I can still find fault in my wife in some way, maybe just a little bit, and so I want to harp on that. I want to harp on her offense against me rather than see my own sin and and own it. And I think that's one of the things we've got to do as men. we got to own it, and we got to be quick to uh, confess that, to ask for forgiveness, seek for forgiveness, uh, to stop in the middle of conflict and say, hey, we, we need to work on this the right way. Can we pray about this? Uh, I've wronged you in some way. Own it. And when we own things, uh, that, that breaks break down walls, you know, in our relationship with our, our spouse or anyone. If we say, yeah, you are right. I wronged you here. Uh, that's going to bring people together and work to compromise or work just to uh, work out any difficulties in the disagreement. And then own once you own it, then that has to that has to go away once you've forgiven somebody. Because uh, I think the other tendency we tend to have is you kind of keep that into a storage compartment and you bring it out later. Right? And so you you store up all of these wrongs that you may have done or you felt somebody has done to you. And when you get in the next argument, it's like, see, there it goes again. Two weeks ago you did that. Now a week ago you did that. And I'm bringing it all back to uh, to the surface again. And when we've forgiven somebody, it's important that we forgive, we pray about it, and then we, we move forward and we continue to grow from it and not harbor and hold on to those, those, those past arguments or past wrongs that we've done because it, it'll just never, it'll never improve and it'll never progress from there if we continue to hold on, hold on to that baggage. Yeah, and there, guys, there's, there's six words that you need to employ with your wives more often than you probably do. And the first two are this, I'm sorry. And then the next four come after that, which are, will you forgive me? Uh, a lot of times, please. Yeah, please. <laughs> Seven words. Uh, because a lot of times we want to just kind of go, okay, are we good? Like, okay, yeah, I reckon I shouldn't have said that. Whatever. Are we good? Are we okay? And we want to just kind of smooth over it and move on because to say, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? Will you please forgive me? It, it puts us in a, in a humble state in front of our wives and before our wives and and yet we need to do that. That's right for us to do. We have wronged them. We do need to ask for their forgiveness. That's the, the appropriate thing to do, the good thing to do, the, the healthy thing to do for the marriage and the relationship in general. So, yeah, when, we've, when we find out that we're the one that's, that's to blame for this or the primary one, I know there's, there's always two that are involved in any conflict, but if we can bring peace in any way possible by making sure that we're owning what we need to own and asking for forgiveness, we need to do that. And I think that the point, too, is remembering this is sinful conflict or that we're having a, something that we did wrong in an argument, a disagreement. 
I think in marriage, I mean, just personally, you know, I, I am one. I am not afraid of conflict. I embrace it. I think as a pastor, that's something that we have to do. Uh, but one place where I feel like I do want to flight in conflict, I don't want to have conflict with, is, is with my wife. You know, I'm, I'm easily one that's whatever you want, you know, no big deal. I just want to avoid conflict with her. But I think there's something just as the godly man in a, in a relationship, as the husband, there are going to be times where there is going to be conflict with my relationship with my wife. And I have to make sure that I am going to be willing to talk to her, to work through it and not just leave the situation or not explode and get angry, but to have that conflict in the right way. So being able to talk to somebody with conflict, with a a disagreement, but to be able to engage in that conversation out of love for that person, out of love for Christ is the ultimate goal. I I want to be able to handle conflict in a way that is going to please my Savior. And so that's the win. That's the goal. That's the focus. Is God going to be glorified with how I respond to this situation? Yeah, super helpful. And and hopefully all of this has been helpful for you, man. I, I, again, conflict resolution. Conflict is something that we're going to face. You're going to face. You may even face it today. Uh, and so the key is how do you engage with that in a biblical way? I think Pastor Lucas has brought a lot of great insights to us as, as far as there are times when conflict is appropriate, when it's good, when it's right, uh, and when it's a godly thing. But even there, we need to make sure that we are engaging in it in the right way, in a way that, like he said at the very outset of this, that's going to glorify God and not glorify ourselves. That's why we exist, right? So uh, we're going to be praying for you uh, this week. We're going to be praying for you as you move forward, as you strive to be quality men of God uh, in the area of conflict resolution.